You're listening to Nightlight. Hi there and a very warm welcome to a special end time edition of Nightlight and back with me on the show talking with us over Skype is Joseph Candell. Welcome back to Nightlight, Joseph. Uh, thank you for inviting me back, Simon. It's a real privilege to be on your show. End time news and views. Joe, on previous editions of Nightlight, you've very clearly laid out the roadmap of end time landmarks that we're to look out for as we journey through the end time. And I'd urge newcomers to Nightlight to go to the end time shows playlist on SoundCloud and listen to all of Joseph's previous Nightlight shows. Joe, we did a whole show on the signs of the times that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 would give us a clue as when to expect his second coming. But there is one more sign that we didn't cover, right? Yes, Simon. Uh, One sign that we didn't cover uh, was in uh, Matthew chapter 24, verses uh, 37 through 39. And Jesus is speaking here and he says, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Mm-hmm. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So that that's an important uh, point that Jesus was making that before his second coming, the world would be like the days of Noah before the flood. Right. Now, to kind of get a, an idea what it was like, we have to uh, turn to Genesis chapter 6. And in verse 1 and 2, it says, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. Now, these sons of God, Simon, these are these are fallen angels that came down to earth, and they uh, married the daughters of men. And in verse 4, it says, There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God, the fallen angels, came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Mm-hmm. So in the Hebrew translation, it's that the, the original word is called Nephilim. Right. And when it was translated into English, the translators used the word giants. Uh-huh. Obviously, they were, they were giants. They were big. But the, the word Nephilim was the original word in the Hebrew. And, of course, this means the fallen ones. Right. And then it goes on and says in verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. After we see the fallen angels came down, they made love to the and took wives to of the, the daughters of man. Mm-hmm. And you see immediately after this, we see how great man's wickedness had become on earth because of the fallen angels and, of course, their offspring, the, the Nephilim. Right. And it goes on to say in verse 7, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me 
that I have made them. And the last verse we'll read in Genesis 6, it says in verse 11, the earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. And, and this is what we see today. I mean, look at the violence uh, we're seeing, what we're, you know, nation fighting against nation, kingdom against kingdom and crime and shootings. Just the, the violence is, uh, is really bad. It's it increased greatly in this uh, generation. So we see this uh, being fulfilled. Right. So, so, Joe, the Bible is very clear in Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, that there were giants on earth called the Nephilim, and they were the offspring of this renegade band of fallen angels who came down to earth and interbred with human women. And this happened both before and after the flood, and uh, there were many of them. Joe, for about how many years were there giants upon the earth? I mean, for how long in earth's history was it a normal thing to see a giant? Well, Simon, uh, okay, we know that, uh, of course, the Lord destroyed the world with the, the flood. And this happened around 2400 BC, around that time period. It may not be the exact date, but it's uh, very close. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see the second eruption, it seems to have happened during Abraham's time, and that was around 1800 B.C. Okay. Because it says, for when he came out from Haran in Genesis 12, 6, and entered Canaan, the significant fact is stated that Canaanite was then, that is to say, already in the land. So it's pretty certain that the, the second eruption took place before Genesis chapter 14, for there, the Rephium were mixed up with the five nations or peoples, which included uh, Solomon and Gomorrah. So it looks like that's uh, when that happened. Simon is around 1800 BC, where again, it's recorded that it seems that the Nephilim had come back. Another group of fallen angels had come back to earth, not the same ones that were there the first time, because they all will cover these this part later, but they were all locked up in hell. And so another group of fallen angels came down again and did this. Now, actually, a more modern translation of this version in Genesis 6-4, it says, uh, the giants were in the earth in those days and even afterwards when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men and they bore to them, they were heroes which existed from ancient time and the men of name. Uh-huh. So there again, in that translation, it shows that they came down before the flood in Noah's day and after that too, and made love to the daughters of men. And w- then we see the Nephilim had made a comeback there. So the giants were around, Joe, for a couple of thousand years, maybe. I mean, these Nephilim or giants were very much a part of the ancient world then. Uh, yes, they were. I mean, not only be- they were before the flood as well as after, because... Uh, we see when the, for example, the children of Israel, they were on their way to the promised land. And uh, it says in Numbers 13, verses 31 to 33, it says, But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. 
And there we saw the giants, or we could say there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. So you, you can imagine how big these giants must have been, Simon. When right. They, when they looked at them, they felt like grasshoppers. Well, yes, exactly. So, Joe, they weren't just speaking figuratively. They were actually comparing their size to the giants. So, in other words, they were very, very big and fierce. And, of course, uh, they were not human beings. They were half human and half fallen angel hybrids. Exactly. So, Joe, how were these giants defeated? I mean, how were the Israelites able to defeat these huge things? You would have thought they would have been completely invincible. Actually, how the Lord got rid of them, uh, they were attacked by hornets wow. to get rid of them so they could pass through on into the promised land. Right. So the Lord, you know, the Lord uh, delivered them from uh, these uh, Nephilim or, or giants. Mm -hmm. The problem was the children of Israel always had problems with the Nephilim. And a lot of that is their fault uh -huh. because the Lord told them that these Nephilim should be cut off and driven out and be utterly destroyed. This is mentioned in Deuteronomy 20 verse 17. Right. So and if you, you know, if we make the connection between this breed and that mentioned in Genesis 6, you can understand, you know, why the Lord had to make sure that these uh, Nephilim were vanished from the land. Uh -huh. But the problem was that Israel failed in this, and we know not how many got away to other countries because they did escape the general destruction. And in Joshua 16.10, it says, And they drave not out the Canaanites that dwelt in Gezer, mm -hmm. but the Canaanites dwell among the Ephraimites until this day and serve under tribute. Here what happened is that the children of Israel, the Lord commanded them to kill the giants to kill the Nephilim, to kill their animals, not don't have anything to do with them, having nothing left of them, have no connection whatsoever with them. And and because they failed to obey the Lord in this, the you know, these same powerful Nephilim, being cunningly intelligent, became more advanced actually than the children of Israel. Wow. I researched that the Nephilim and their descendants also worshipped their ancestors. Mm -hmm. You know, the heroes of old and such Worship corrupted all their neighbors, including the Israel, uh, Israelites. And we find again in Judges 1, 19 and 20, it said, And the Lord was with Judah, and he drove out the inhabitants of the mountain, but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley, because they had chariots of iron. So you see that their technology, the Nephilim and giants had chariots of iron, which the children of Israel did not have. And in verse 20, it says, And they gave Hebron unto Caleb, as Moses said, and he expelled thence the three sons of Anak, who were uh, Nephilim. So, and it said, And it came to pass when Israel was strong, that they put the Canaanites to tribute and did not utterly drive them out. This is in Judge 128. So they, they, you know, what they did is they had the Canaanites pay them money, and they allowed them to stay. And in Judges 2, 2, it says, And ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. You shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? And in verse 3 it says, Wherefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as a thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare unto you. And so we see what had happened to Israel. Because they didn't obey the Lord and get rid of the giants or the Nephilim, that uh, they eventually worshipped their gods and, of course, uh, 
much later on, they, you know, they were destroyed by Babylon. And one of the reasons is because the Israelites were worshiping other gods, the gods of the, the Nephilim. So this, this ended up becoming their downfall. Inspiring you to dig deeper into God's word. You're listening to Nightlight. Joseph, we're talking about the Nephilim hybrids who were the result of the illicit interbreeding between fallen angels and human women. And these giants were around for a couple of thousand years and so were very much a part of the ancient world. And of course, we read about them in the Old Testament in a number of different places. There was the Rephaim, the Zamamin, the Emim, the Anakim, and the Amorites. They were all tribes of Nephilim giants. And they were around all the way up to the time of David, who fought with Goliath, who, along with his brothers, are named as being the last of the giants. And the Bible also talks of them as having six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. So, Joe, for sure, they were not genetically human. Well, Simon, uh, that that's a very good point. And, and before we cover that, I wanted to just give more information on what it was like before the flood and what the what the fallen angels were doing, what they taught the people, and why it became so corrupt and violent. Then this will lead in to Genesis 3.15 and God's promise of salvation. I'd like to give a little review of what it was like because Genesis 6, although it does talk a bit about the days of Noah and a little bit about before the flood, but it doesn't go into so much detail other than they were corrupt. You know, there was the earth was filled with violence, but it doesn't give a detailed description of what it was really like in the days of Noah, which is also very important for the end time because what it was like in the days of Noah it will. It is going to be like this again before Jesus' second coming. So let's take a look, a little bit more of a look at the fallen angels and the Nephilim and what they taught the people of the world. Uh-huh. Okay. Now we find this uh, information out in a book called the Book of Enoch. Right. And we see in John Jude one fourteen that Jude is quoting uh, from the Book of Enoch, and he says, "Now Enoch the seventh." From Adam prophesied about these men also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints. So here, Jude, the point here is that he's quoting from the book of Enoch. Uh-huh. So we, we first learn of Enoch in, in Genesis chapter 5 about his birth, and, and his father was named uh, Jared. This was in Genesis 5.18. And in Genesis 5.23, it says, And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years, which was... Uh, before the flood. But then it says in Enoch, in Genesis 5, 24, it says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And of course, we see the same quote pretty much also from Paul in Hebrews eleven five. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. So, so Enoch was alive and around when the fallen angels came down, and he wrote all about the fallen angels, and he wrote all about the Nephilim. The book of Enoch, uh, it's been reported that, uh, you know, it, it came over with uh, the ark. In other words, Noah bought, brought the book of Enoch uh, with him because Enoch, God took him before the flood happened. Wow. So this would make the book of Enoch the oldest book in the world if it was written in the pre-flood era and Noah brought it with him on the ark. Exactly. Shining bright through the dark night, you're listening to Nightlight. 
Joe, let's just talk about what the devil is up to in all this. I mean, was this just a result of fallen angels lusting after beautiful human women and they just couldn't constrain themselves from having sex with them? Or was this a result of some bigger plan that the devil had in mind? And does it have anything to do with what the Lord said in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, that he would put enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman? Well, you see, Simon, when uh, Adam and Eve, first of all, they were deceived uh, by the serpent in the Garden of Eden. And, of course, uh, they sinned. And, of course, uh, the Lord had to move them out of the Garden of Eden. And But Jesus had a plan already. He wanted to uh, salvage mankind. He wanted to give them salvation and restoration. So if you look at uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, it says, And I will put enmity between thee, which is Satan, and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So uh, Jesus Christ was the seed of the woman. Uh And it sounds like many Bible scholars believe that the Antichrist will be the seed of the serpent. So what the the devil was trying to do by using these uh, 200 fallen angels was that he wanted to corrupt uh, the DNA. See, he wanted to cut off the birth line of the coming Messiah as prophesied in Genesis 3.15. Right. Because that... In Genesis three fifteen, that there would be a savior would be born from the the seed of the woman, and that Messiah Jesus Christ would destroy the fallen angel's power, and also give a plan of salvation for mankind because of their sins. So therefore, Satan's followers, therefore they intermingled with the human race and the beast and and the insects, and their their goal was to mess up the DNA in a conspiracy to stop the birth of Christ. So that was their plan, to try to stop Jesus from being born and becoming the Savior of the world. Right. It says that, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So obviously, uh, Noah and his wife and and their seed had not been uh, interfered with. The light is always on with nightlight. You know, Joe, another ancient book that's mentioned in the Old Testament by both Joshua and Samuel is the book of Jasher, which also speaks about these fallen angels and tells how the Nephilim taught and promoted genetic experimentation of the worst kind. This is Jasher chapter 4, verse 18. It says, And their judges and rulers, the Nephilim, went to the daughters of men and took their wives by force from their husbands according to their choice. And the sons of men in those days took from the cattle of the earth, the beasts of the field, and the fowls of the air, and taught the mixture of animals of one species with the other, in order therewith to provoke the Lord. And God saw the whole earth, and it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted its ways upon the earth, all man and all animals. So there you read it in Jasher, and it says that their motivation was to provoke the Lord. It was pure rebellion against God. And it was not just the giants who were the result of genetic tampering, but Jasher says they were mixing all kinds of animals with people. And you know, Joe, when you look at the gods, 
that the ancient civilizations worshipped, like the Babylonians and the Egyptians. They worshipped all kinds of hybrid creatures. The Babylonians worshipped Oannes, who was a fish man. The Egyptians worshipped all kinds of gods with human bodies and animal heads or animal bodies with human heads like the Egyptian sphinx. And maybe, Joe, these weren't purely mythological creatures, but actually the result of perverse genetic tampering by Satan and his fallen angels who taught mankind to worship these creatures as gods. That's correct, Simon. That is really correct. You really hit, hit it. And that's exactly uh, what happened. And so that's, you know, with that information, Jesus is warning us in the end time. He's And this warning is for now that as the days of Noah, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And what we had gone over is this is what's coming back again. And it, it has already started. Right. We do the research, and I know you have, that the scientists are again trying to mix animal and human genes. Yes. You know, the, the scientific community is rapidly making advances in the area of genetics with blending and mixing of species. Right. So, you know, and this is something that so displeased the Lord uh, so much it resulted in the flood. So Satan hasn't given up yet, and he's still trying to conquer the earth by the same means as he used uh, before the flood and also after the flood. Well, it seems, Joe, that Satan again is up to his old tricks as scientists today are experimenting with human and animal DNA, creating strange animal hybrids in the laboratory and tinkering with mankind's DNA code, trying to so-called improve human beings through transgenics and bioengineering trying to improve mankind into being something more than how God created them. But God created human beings in his own image precisely the way that he wanted them to be. So to try to improve on the Lord's creation is blasphemy, isn't it? I mean, it's an affront to God. This was why God had to wipe out mankind and every living creature except for Noah and his family, who were found perfect in their generations, doesn't mean they were perfectly good people. It means their DNA was still intact. And of course, this happened again after the flood. The devil tried the same thing over again. You know, Joe, the story of Noah comes very early in the book of Genesis, so it's easy not to realize that there was 1,500 years since creation until the time of Noah, and the world population could have been quite considerable by then. You know, they're making new discoveries all the time of evidence of the existence of advanced civilizations who built incredible structures and pyramids with precise mathematical alignments to the stars and all kinds of things that defy explanation. But if these were Nephilim civilizations built by giant races with superior demonic intelligence who were then completely wiped out at the time of the flood, well, that would make sense. Is that correct? It's uh, very possible, Simon. Um, of course, the flood pretty much destroyed everything on Earth. And of course, it, I would imagine that they probably built it up pretty good. In fact, uh, I just read the other day, and of course, we can't verify if this is true or not. Right. But uh, scientists 
some scientists are now saying that they believe that before the flood, they had the same number of people as we do now. Wow. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't, I don't know. But uh, one thing that really proves, though, the, the fallen angels and the Nephilim is that after the flood, uh, you know, there were great civilizations. And, you know, they all have uh, drawings uh, and information that they were visited by gods. Right. Who came and taught them, you know, the solar system. Uh, they taught them, you know, many, many things uh, scientific. Uh, even how longitude and latitude, there's evidence of that, that they learned, you know, in the, you know, after the flood. And, of course, you have uh, uh, Atlantis, for example. Now, Atlantis uh, in the Atlantic was supposed to be an advanced civilization. Uh, some people think that maybe it was destroyed in the flood. Uh-huh. But I think the majority in this case believe that uh, Atlantis sunk into the ocean. It says in uh, Genesis 10.25... It says, and unto Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for in his days was the earth divided. Right. So a lot of Bible scholars believe, for example, that when the earth was all interconnected. Like you see South America, you can see it fits right into uh, Africa. Yeah. And so the, at one time, the earth was all, the, the land was all uh, put together. But then in the days of Peleg, it says the earth was divided. And, and many scholars believe that the the great Atlantis, for example, uh, went into the ocean, the Atlantic there, and they're and now they're finding artifacts and different things to prove that Atlantis did exist. But the point you're making is right on because yes, even when they came back, mm-hmm. okay, the other angel, other fallen angels, probably not as many as the 200, but they came back and started the process all over again, and great civilizations were built. I mean, look at Egypt, who was considered the first world empire. I look at their pyramids. They still, uh, mankind today, scientists, and they do not know how those pyramids were built <laughs> wow. in the time of Egypt, you know, the first uh, empire. Uh-huh. So obviously, as you were saying, they, you know, they had techniques uh, and uh, these fallen angels and angels were, like I said before, they were respected by the people of the earth. They thought they were gods. They had magical powers. And uh, they and Satan, you know, using the fallen angels and the Nephilim, used this power to really deceive the people of the world. Uh-huh. And we're probably going to see a, a repeat performance uh, in the time of the end. And we're seeing now the splicing is going on and, you know, this kind of scientific uh, DNA uh, situation is, is continuing to make uh, progress, you know. Right. And they've now mapped out the entire human DNA genome. And, uh, Joe, they've been able to digitalize biology basically by converting the four elements of DNA into computer language. So they can now alter DNA quite easily or graft in DNA from other species to try to enhance human beings in all kinds of ways. I mean, there are many different scientific fields that are now converging. IT technology, robotics, nanotechnology, biometrics, trying to produce a so-called superior human being or intelligence that would not even be human. And that's what convinces me, Joe, that we are truly living in the days before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because I know that just as he did in the days of Noah, God will not allow this to go on. 
He will not allow the beauty, the purity of humankind made in his own image to be corrupted and tampered with by the devil as he's trying to do today. He's got to and will stop it. Signs of the Times. One last point, Simon. People ask, okay, well, what happened to the 200 angels uh, that came down before the flood? And mm-hmm. uh, if we look at Jude 1 6 it, and 2 Peter 2 4, it tells us that, uh, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness into the judgment of the great day. And Second Peter 2 4 says, For if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell and delivered them unto chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. So many Bible scholars believe that these 200 angels are in hell, not the lake of fire, but they're locked up in darkness in hell, waiting probably for the great white throne judgment that will take place after the millennium, after the battle of Gog and Magog. So these angels were locked up and then and then so what happened to the nephilim what happened to the giants before the flood well the the many bible scholars suggest this theory that since the giants were half human and they were half celestial that when the flood came of course their their half human body you know their bodies died their physical bodies perished in the flood so their their celestial their half angel was still alive and they suggest, Bible scholars, that they, they became demons that had no bodies. And that's what the theory is, or the suggested idea was that's what happened to the giants. They became demons because they lost their human body. Very interesting. Of course, there's a lot about this in the book of Enoch. And it's a fascinating book, especially when you realize that you're reading the oldest book in the world and a book that Jesus and his disciples were also familiar with. And what really caught my interest, Joe, was the first two verses where Enoch says, the words of the blessing of Enoch, wherewith he blessed the elect and righteous who will be living in the day of tribulation when all the wicked and godless are to be removed. So here you have the oldest book in the world, and the first two lines of it are saying that this is being written for you who are living at the very end of the world in the days of tribulation. So that really caught my interest as I realized that what I was going to read would be very relevant to world conditions today and would give us insight into how the devil will try the same old bag of tricks, howbeit cloaked in a scientific humanist New Age disguise.
song there from Philip Johnson in the days of Noah. And we've been talking about how during the days of Noah and also after that, that the Earth's population included giants, also known as Nephilim, who were the result of the sinful interbreeding of fallen angels with human women. So do you think, Joe, that that means that Jesus was warning that in the last days, these fallen angels are going to return to earth? Is the devil going to send them back again? And if so, how are they going to come? Well, Simon, it, uh, it appears that uh, this could very likely be the case, that since Jesus, as you said, since Jesus said, as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So if we look, as we looked in our last show, in your last show, is that, uh, you know, the, there was the fallen angels came as well as the, uh, they made love to the daughters of men and they had the, the Nephilim or the giants. So could this happen again in the time of the end? Well, I would say there's a very good possibility that this will happen. Mm-hmm. Also, Jesus said in Matthew twenty four twenty four, he said, for there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Right. And Jesus also said in, in Luke 21, chapter 21, verse 11, And great earthquakes shall be in different places, and famines, and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs 
shall there be from heaven. Wow. And Paul in 2 Thessalonians 2.9, he says, Even him, the Antichrist, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. So here, this sets the stage. So there sounds like there's going to be some heavy signs and, and lying wonders that are going to happen in the in the time of the end. Right. And it doesn't go into, uh, even Jesus, they don't go into so much detail. Well, what are these great signs and what are these lying wonders? Uh-huh. So a lot of Bible scholars have done a lot of research on what we covered in the in the fallen angels and a lot of bible scholars believe that the possibility that these fallen angels will indeed come back to earth of course in the spiritual realm they come and go they can be here and of course we we don't necessarily see them of course some people you know have seen uh, bad spirits and stuff but the the thing is is that they could come back now the uh, this theory that I'm going to share with you, and I know you're aware of it as well, is called the coming great deception. Right. The idea of this great deception is that these fallen angels could come back to earth pretending to be aliens. You know, they would do the same thing as they did before the flood and after with their same plan to mix people with the DNA, with the animals. And uh-huh. the Bible scholars believe that the great deception is that the possibility the Antichrist could be a Nephilim, half celestial, half human, and he may, may come to power with the help of the fallen angels masquerading as aliens and appearing in UFOs or what is also called flying saucers. Right. So the Antichrist will be could possibly be presented to the world by a supposedly benign alien life force mm-hmm. that will suddenly appear on the scene to present him as the savior of mankind. And some Bible scholars even, they take this a step further, Simon, by suggesting that this great end-time deception that would include these fallen angels pretending to be aliens will even say they created mankind and that the Bible is a fairy tale, that there's no God, and there's no Jesus, Jesus doesn't exist, and this could be talking about the, the great falling away from faith, as Paul brought out in 2 Thessalonians 2.3, when he was asked about the coming of the, of the Lord and Jesus' second coming in the rapture, he said in verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Hmm. So these fallen angels, along with the Antichrist, could be doing you know signs and wonders to try and to deceive the people. So could you imagine if UFOs came down to Earth, and they came out and said, we're from another planet like Earth, and by the way, we created you, and we're your gods, and you know we're here to save you from destroying yourself in a nuclear war. Wow. And can you imagine how people's faith, even Christians, how their faith would be tested? Absolutely. For example, Christians that believe in a pre-trib rapture, if an event like this were to happen, they could lo- completely lose their faith when they see these fallen angels masquerading as aliens, do these wonders and signs and said, hey, we created you. We're your gods. And if they're not founded in the word and they believe in the pre-trib doctrine, for example, they can completely fall away from the faith through this coming great 
deception. And even people who are not Christian, an event like this, a lying wonder like this, could definitely have people would believe in in this great deception and follow the Antichrist and say, yes, he's got the answers. And of course, the, the Antichrist possibly be in the Nephilim. You know, he's he's possibly, you know, doing all the things it says in the Bible. He's restoring, uh, he's sharing the wealth. He's, you know, they, they have new technology that we don't have. Uh, maybe they have, you know, energy that we haven't seen yet that they that could be used. They have maybe way to fight different diseases that are not being cured today. So they're going to have all this um, stuff that's going to look good to the people of the world. Uh But it is a deception because these are not, quote, really aliens, but they're fallen angels who've come back to once again to deceive the world. And what is their goal with this? To put the Antichrist into power. And of course, eventually he'll be possessed by the devil and say that he is God. So that is their agenda. And they could possibly use this great deception to to deceive the world. Nightlight, keeping you in tune with the times. Yes, keeping you in tune with the times uh, with the help of Joseph Kandel. And we're talking about aliens. And uh, look, when we say aliens, we mean fallen angels now there's been many thousands of sightings of ufos over the years you can just go on the internet and you can find any number of pictures or videos of ufos that defy any kind of scientific explanation and more and more scientists are coming out in the open as well as military people who've been involved in ufo cover-ups they're now publicly admitting that there are ufos and many of them believe that these ufos are not traveling enormous distances to visit us from some faraway planet they believe that these are trans dimensional craft and that's proven by the speeds they're capable of and the sudden right angle turns they can make at incredibly high speeds and the way they can suddenly appear and then disappear this all shows that they're not subject to normal earthly physical laws and that they're crossing into our dimension from a spiritual one so these are trans-dimensional craft and the so-called aliens are trans-dimensional creatures and if we look in the bible we can see a number of examples where angels good angels had the ability to come through from the spiritual dimension and materialize in our earthly dimension exactly I mean, the angel that fought with Jacob is a good example, and I'm sure you can think of a number of others, like the angels that went with Lot to Sodom and the angel that visited Gideon. And there's a number of different examples of where angels can take on a physical form, which the theologians called a theophany. And so we need to realize that angels do have the ability to cross through from the spiritual dimension to our earthly dimension. And the fallen angels apparently have the same capability, although it seems they're not able to take on a human theophany in the image of God. But rather, they appear in a degenerate form like you see in these pictures of small gray aliens with big black saucer eyes or various kinds of reptilian aliens. So... Joe, people need to realize that these are not aliens 
from some distant planet as they're trying to deceive mankind into believing. But these are nothing more than the fallen angels and demons materializing from the spiritual dimension in a modern materialistic disguise. Is that correct, Joseph? Well, yes. Um, we have to remember, like what you said about the God's angels, yes, uh, you know, they can materialize, dematerialize, they you know, when they visited Lot, they even ate with them. So, yes, they can do pretty much everything, you know, mankind does. Of course, they have uh, more power. But don't forget, there is a difference now between the fallen angels and, let's say, demons or unclean spirits. There's a big difference between them. For example, the fallen angels, remember, when they came down uh, before the flood, what did they do? You know, they, they got the daughters of men, they saw that they were beautiful, and, of course, there was a plan in this, but they were able to physically make love with them. So they took on physical bodies. Well, they had physical bodies, yes. And, I, and just, like, uh, just like the angels of God, they have some sort of physical bodies, too, where they can eat, drink, and do practically everything a human can do. So the fallen angels, they were able to physically manifest themselves in our plane of existence, visibly, here on earth. So they took on physical bodies and it seems likely, Joe, doesn't it, that this is what the fallen angels are going to do again in these last days when they appear in our dimension masquerading as so-called aliens. Yeah, well, the thing is, in, in Revelations chapter 12, verses 7 through 9, Simon, let me read this because it does say that the devil and uh, all the fallen angels are going to be cast out probably right at the middle of the seven-year reign. It says here that in verse 7, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels. Uh -huh. And verse 8 says, And prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon, the devil, was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So look at that, Simon. It says that which deceiveth the whole world, and maybe he'll do this through this great deception we were t we've been talking about. Right. And verse twelve in the same chapter says, "Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth he hath but a short time." So, you know, I used to think, okay, when I read that verse, it's saying they're, they're definitely going to be cast out of heaven eventually. Now, this here is talking about halfway through the Antichrist seven-year reign. Right. But they can also, you know, appear earlier coming into this dimension and go back and forth through the spiritual and the physical. But during this particular event in Revelations 12, they're stuck down here on the earth. Now, I used to think, Simon, that when the devil and these fallen angels were cast down, that they would, you know, inhabit people. They would come in and just take over, just go into their bodies. But with the fallen angels, you know, they're invisible spiritual beings. They're, you know, they're not entering bodies of humans by possession. Right. Because if we consider the fact that the angels, as well as the fallen angels, they do have some sort of supernatural bodies. Mm -hmm. So my idea in researching this and praying and thinking about it, my idea has changed in the sense that there is a possibility when these angels are cast down that they, they will have their own supernatural bodies, just like the fallen angels did during the flood. Wow. 
Remember what Jesus says, as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So the fallen angels do have some sort of supernatural bodies. Now, having said that, on the other hand, the encounter with demons or what is known as unclean spirits or familiar spirits or devils, they do not have their own bodies. Right. So this, this is why they have to seek a place to dwell and live in as in possession. Right? Remember, look at the point where when the... Uh, legion he had uh, he was full of devils right yeah so jesus uh, was going to cast him out and the devils told him the demons told him you know please send us into the swine and into the pigs so they had to go into something mm-hmm. and so they went into the swine and of course they you know they ran and fell over the cliff in, into the water into the ocean and and died the the pigs so so the demons you know they may well be the disembodied like i mentioned before the spirits of the giants that existed in the days of Noah before the flood. Right. So, but the fallen angels will have bodies, so that we may see them walking amongst them when they are cast out of heaven. Whoa. So that's just something to contemplate. Now, having said that, it's something we'll have to wait and see. But this is this. I think this has a very strong uh, evidence that it happened before and before the flood. And if Jesus said it's going to happen again before his second coming, so it looks like we may actually see these, you know, fallen angels uh, there. Now, but it sounds like the devil himself, it seems that, you know, it says that the dragon, the devil gave the Antichrist his power and deceit and great authority. So this is in Revelations 13 too. So we may see these, you know, if we're still here during the tribulation, we may see these fallen angels walking around. Wow. And of course, the, the familiar spirits and devils will, you know, also be, you know, like they are today, possessing people. Right. Because, they, you know, they don't have no bodies of their own. But again, a confirmation that aliens equals fallen angels and is all part of the devil's master plan to try to deceive the world into worshipping him as God and to interfere with the genetic DNA of mankind, the seed of the serpent against the seed of the woman, trying to corrupt God's pure creation of humanity and God will not allow it. He tried it before, both before and after the flood. I mean, there were whole civilizations of these Nephilim creatures that built cities and pyramids, whole advanced civilizations that God just washed away, even the ones after the flood, so that even the memory of them perished, as Isaiah prophesied they would. They weren't even remembered anymore. All that was left were a few mysterious pyramids and structures that made people wonder how they had been built. The devil's big plan came to absolute naught. And now the devil's trying it all over again. And once again, it's going to come to absolute naught. And so as we enter into this time of the end, whenever and whatever transpires, all we have to do is stay close to Jesus and rise to the occasion to confront this evil and to overcome it in the power of the name of Jesus. And if we want to be among those people who will be strong and do exploits, well, we need to know our God. We need to know Jesus. We need an intimate relationship with him so that he can fully empower us and use us and we can play an exciting, thrilling part in this great drama that is going to unfold. And there are all kinds of parts to play and roles to fill. And it's up to you 
which one. They're there for the taking. You just have to know Jesus and read his word, study his word, study about the end time, study the classes, and then you can be one of those people who will instruct many. And thousands, multitudes, will need to be instructed, will want to be instructed, will want to know what on earth is going on. People's hearts failing them for fear, the Bible says, of the things that are happening. Fearful sights in the sky and in the heavens, great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world until this time. But folks, we are going to rise above. Jesus is going to power us up so we will be victors and we're going to march on strong right through this coming time of tribulation right up to the second coming of the lord and into his heavenly kingdom soon to come and we need to take as many people along with us as we can amen praise the lord Jerry Asmus. Well, believe it or not, that conversation that you just heard with Joseph Kandel was recorded for Nightlight Shows number 36 and 37 way back nine years ago in 2012. And I happened to listen again to those shows recently and thought that the content is still very relevant. There have been increased UFO sightings recently, and the return of the Nephilim masquerading as aliens is still very much a possible deception that we should be aware of, should this be the way 
the Lord allows Bible prophecy to play out. But what is really happening is the tampering with human DNA with the rollout of these COVID injections. Anyway, let's see what the Lord does to stop it this time. Anyway, thanks for listening. There's lots more excellent end time shows with Joseph Candell if you take a scroll through the end time shows playlist on the Nightlight Show's SoundCloud page. That's it for now. See you again soon, and God bless. Music